Robinson on. He's and and it's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. Oh, Ryan Episode of the Downhill Second Half podcast. As always, joining me, Ian DL, a man who has as much patience for misbehaving conditional formattings, whatever they are, as Greg Heald did for those unwanted guests on the pitch in the infamous Torquay game. More on that later. It's our podcast producer, James Harrison. Hello, Ian. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. And alongside him, a man whose unpredictability and mystique makes him even more of a maverick than Austin Barkley was dubbed by Peter Shreves. It's Mr. Craig Clayton. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> and, well, we love a goalkeeper on this show, and we've got yet another one out from between the sticks and onto the podcast today. The Spennymore Cat, as he was once dubbed in the Barnet programme. Just over four years at Underhill, during what was a bit of a bumpy ride for all involved, really. A penalty-saving extraordinaire for and against the Bees, with a terrace chant that said exactly what he did. When you shoot, he saves it. It's Danny Naisbitt. Afternoon, all. <laughs> Welcome, Danny. Um, look, Danny, we always start with a couple of questions about what people's or what the players or ex-managers' awareness of the, the, the club was before they joined. Um, obviously, not a local Barnet uh, boy, um, down from the northeast via Walsall. Uh, but I want, yeah, maybe you could just talk to us a little bit about what that lead up to signing for the club was and, and what you knew about it before you turned up. Um. Yeah, uh, not a lot to be honest. I, I obviously um, started Middlesbrough near near to where I, you know, where I was born. Um, joined Warsaw, uh, did, did roughly two and a half years at Warsaw, and then the connection was Mickey Halsall, who knew John Still. Uh, you were obviously looking for a goalkeeper at the time. Um, I think I was probably twenty one, roughly, when I came down. Um, I just wanted to be a footballer. Um, I'd have gone to Torquay, to Carlisle, to Inverness. Just I wanted to be a footballer. So the opportunity came. It was a, 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 a chance to come in. Obviously, uh, Lee Harrison was in. So it was a chance to come in to be number two initially and and see if I could progress and get some games. Um, came down initially uh, on trial. Did a couple of weeks. Uh, on trial and was lucky enough to to sign a contract. Um, so obviously knew 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 the club. Didn't know a lot about it before I came down. But you know, football league club knew. You know, Mickey Halsall would give a good um, give a give me a good opinion of the club and a good opinion of John and and, and everything. So um, it was the opportunity came up and I jumped at it. Yeah. And was, did they actually? Was there anyone there that actually sold the club to you at the time? Uh, John Steele or or Tony or any of the people around that might have um, given you a flavour of what you were about to get and what maybe made that a more interesting uh, club to come to than uh, whatever other options you might have had at the time. It, it, it was kind of uh, I was out of contract. I needed a club. Um, Barnett offered me the chance to come down and train for two weeks. I thought it was a great opportunity. I didn't need much selling, to be honest. It was a, it was a football league club, but we needed a goalkeeper. Um, you know, it didn't daunt me coming down to London. I'd moved away from home anyway, so I was I was I was in in the Midlands. So um, yeah, it was just getting 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 down here and getting on with it really, and trying to earn a contract. 
Yeah, well, obviously you earned that contract and um, got your chance pretty quickly. Uh, looking back through the fixtures earlier, that um, you made your debut in uh, one of my first games at Underhill, actually, a three-two win against Bournemouth in the League Cup, which is a pretty unbelievable game. And then you followed that up by being involved the following Saturday. We beat York six-three, so two pretty high-scoring, exciting games to be involved straight away. And then your third appearance against Cheltenham, you save a, a key penalty in a two-one win, um, which was quite a sort of entrance you made at the club and uh, I suppose after the penalty save three games in do you think this is all going to be quite easy this sort of play, being a professional footballer lark? I, I actually think the Cheltenham game was my league debut I think we played on the Tuesday night against Bournemouth which was my first game 3-2 and then I think the Saturday was Cheltenham away which was managed by Steve Cockrell at the time yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of my pr friends John Brough was playing uh, for them, it was good mates Jimmy Walker who just left Warsaw. He was a goalkeeper, so I think that was my um, my my league debut. And I remember John Doolan going in for a tackle um, close to the halfway line. The guy who's going to win it for sliding tackle, the guy who's going in the tackle with pulled out. John hit the ball and it was going nearly scored an own goal over my head and had a back pedal and tip it over the bar. So I got off to a decent start with that that sort of bit of a bizarre save, really. Um, and then, yeah, you know, save the penalty, which, is, you know, it doesn't, doesn't get any better than that to try and win the fans over. Um, yeah, I was quite I was quite cocky back then. I had quite a bit to save myself. Goalkeeper is a difficult position. You get a lot of sticks. So sometimes there's a couple of ways of dealing with it. You either fire back and be larger than life or you, you just try and go under the, under the radar. And, and But I was the other way um, so I probably did get a little bit carried away and thought not not, not, not thought it was easy because it was it's never easy being a goalkeeper but thought well you know I've, I've, I've started well I, I can I've proved I can do it I need to keep on doing it yeah you, you, you started well as we say with that penalty save against Cheltenham but um, you know we, we spoke to Lee Harrison some time ago on the in the in the first series of the podcast and um he he got back into the team after after not being at the start of that season. I think he was injured. Um, Lee Harrison gave us the quote. Actually, he just said that he was going to put Lee back in the. Sorry, it was from John Still. John Still said that he was putting Lee back in the team because the quote was, "He's a better goalkeeper." Now, what did that do to you? Did you did you did that knock your confidence at all? Having having had such a good performance in in the previous games, and uh, you know, did you did you know you have to bide your time at that point? Yeah, I think, you know, Lee was experienced. He, he was a good goalkeeper. He, he played a lot of games. Um, so I was not under no illusion when I came in that I was I was a number two, you know, but with potential to, at some stage, be a number one. But, you know, Lee, Lee was good and I think he was a bit of a fan favourite as well. So I knew I was going to have to bide my time. And um, I, I trusted John. I liked John. Um, you know, John was a good manager and, you know, I got to know him well over the, over the years. But... Um, like everything, you, you don't agree with certain things, but I, I would have been upset when he when he took me out because I, I would have I would have said, if I'm playing well, I should stay in the team. But um, yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to sort of be really. I think goalkeepers are more more honest really than 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 outfield players. We know when we've made a mistake, we know we've had a good game, and we're a pretty honest bunch. So yeah, I'd have been disappointed to be taken out, but. Um, Looking at the bigger picture, you know, you, you take it on the chin, really. Yeah, obviously, you and Lee Harrison were the two goalkeepers at Barnet for quite a long time. And we've, we've mentioned it before about how it's quite unusual, certainly at that level as well, where 
you've got the same two goalkeepers for a number of years. You know, it's four years in total, pretty much, that you were alongside each other. Obviously, he departed a little bit before yourself. Um, what was the dynamic like between the two of you at that time? Was it always kind of competitive? And especially from your point of view as number two, sort of, you know, chasing his place down? Or, you know, was there that whole kind of goalkeeper's union thing and very much a, you know, may the best man sort of win type thing? Yeah, we, we got on well. We got on well, I got on well with Lee. I mean, he's very unheard of, really, for two goalkeepers not to get on because the, the way we train, you train together and, and our serve volleys and stuff for him. So you have to be professional and do it right for him and then he returns a favour when he, he's got a serve and stuff. So, it's it, again, it's, a, it's it's different than the outfield stuff. You know, you, you have to respect the other goalkeeper because you're working with him day in, day out. Um he, he, he was good to learn off, really. You know, um, it, it was uh, it was a good work, good working relationship. Um, you know, and I got got on well with him. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I didn't know it was that long. I didn't know it was four years, but yeah, and um, it was. Uh, you know, we sometimes weren't fortunate enough to have a goalkeeping coach because uh, of finances. So we would have, we'd have me and him. We'd go off with a bag of balls and do our own stuff for twenty minutes, half an hour, forty minutes, whatever. So we had to plan sessions together and get on with it really so it was um yeah we got we got on well yeah i mean so Lee, he talked about you very fondly and very positively but something he did say which was interesting and maybe kind of matches up with what you were saying about maybe at that age when you came in being a little bit cocky a bit sure of yourself as a young lad that when you came in he said he felt you could have maybe gone on to do a bit more but perhaps that you got kind of swept up a little bit perhaps i don't know by the bright lights of london or or anything like that i mean was the social side a big thing at the time? And if so, who were the people who you were doing your socialising with amongst your teammates? I, I certainly enjoyed myself. And he, he, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I could have applied myself better um, at certain times because we, we did. You know, I used to um, share a house with John Doolan and Stuart Niven when Stuart Niven came in. Um, but, you know, Darren Curry, you know, Scott McLeish. Um, Sam Stockley, we, we had a good crew, Mark Arbor, you know, it, it was always Mark Gower when, when G-Man came in, you know, Fraser Toms, it, it from hmm. Brown, we had some great characters where it, the social was good, social was very good, and to be fair, the club in, the club encouraged it, we, we would have a pot of money um, at every at end of every month if we hit certain targets, certain points targets, or if we were a certain position in the league, I think that the chairman would give us, I don't know, it was 500 quid or 700 quid, wherever it was. Uh, we'd train on a Monday. Uh, we'd go straight over the road from the first field centre into the pub. I can't remember what the pub was called. Stafford Arms. Straight over to there. We'd, the money would go straight behind the bar. They'd put some food on for us, some sandwiches and stuff, and we'd, we'd smash the five, 700 quid, wherever it would have been playing pool and darts and stuff like that, and then move on from there down to Enfield to TJ Fridays and then on to Eros for the 70s and 80s night on a Monday night and it was carnage in there. <laughs> no, a lot of the lads used to do that and then we'd have the Tuesday off because uh, John and Gibby would train hard and then we'd do all that as part of it. And then the lads, some of the, a lot of the lads would leave it at that. Well, we used to carry on on the Tuesday as well, get up and go out on the Tuesday and crack on again and come on Wednesday have to train a little bit worse for wear and then you're always playing catch-up then if you're playing on Saturday. So it was, you know, we... we 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 had a good we had a good um, good bunch of lads. We were all fairly young lads, really. John obviously was living away from home, so we'd have a, he'd go home every weekend. But we'd have a, during the week, we'd always have a um, 
going over Weatherspoons, I think we used to call them Neil Midgley when Midge, Neil Midgley came down. We used to call it Famous Five because they used, they used to run a promotion, Famous Five, any five bottles for a pound. I think it was Bex and Bud and all Smyrna Five. We used to go in there with probably 30 quid each and get absolutely hammered. So, um, but yeah, it was good, good, good times. Yeah, we've, we've spoken to quite a lot of people who played and uh, worked under John Steele and they've they've all sort of come up with a similar theme that he was quite regimented in his in his ways when it came to training tactics on the pitch everything but you know there seemed to be a sense of I guess he valued the the team spirit so you're saying they're like Monday nights you go out and you get the Tuesday off you know I guess that was quite important for you guys and perhaps you know reflected in some of the successes we had on the pitch under John Steele. Yeah no it's certainly the character was character was really good in the dressing room and that wasn't every Monday night that was sort of once a month we would do that as a team but we had a little group that was we were we'd go out anywhere um pretty much so but yeah this the, the spirit was um was 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 very good very good I was gonna say I was gonna say it wouldn't have been on a he probably wouldn't have been so forgiving if we had a game on a Tuesday night to be fair and that honestly that's one thing we never did if we had a game you don't go out the night before a game but we, we never did um even 48 hours before a game, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be going out. So, um, we, we in that respect, we did, we did do it properly. But when we were allowed out, we certainly enjoyed ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, we went, um, we went into the following season, and uh, and Lee Harrison picked up an injury, sort of in the first uh, month or so, and that gave you a a solid run in the team. We're talking about the oh, 2000 2001 season now. Uh, you got that solid run in the team, and uh, of course Tony Cotty comes in, and um, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, activity around the club at the time. But for you, you know, you got a solid run in the team. Uh, were you confident of being able to hold that down at that point, and uh, you know, and make a real claim that the number one shirt should be yours? Yeah, I think I think the turning point was when we beat Blackpool seven one. Was that the season? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I always felt that. Tony wanted TC wanted to put Lee back in. I think you like the experienced lads. So I thought, you know, even if I was doing well, I thought at some point he's going to put Lee back in. Um, you know, I could just just got that feeling really. And um, he came and he was a little bit out of his depth. Um, TC, you know, great player. You know, he's came as player manager. He done some stuff in in games, but obviously in training as well. You think, Jesus, wow, like that is that's top draw. But um, yeah, I think he, he, John was John still was supposed to stay on as um, kind of director of football or as an advisor for him. And I think he, we beat Blackpool and uh, TC thought, well, I, I, I don't need him, you know. And that that was a bad season. That was, you know, we just dropped off the cliff. Um, he, he took me out the team. I can't remember what it was. He did take me out the team and then played Lee. And I think he put me back in. Uh, when John we sacked TC, they put me back in for a few games, and then John came to me the last game of the season and said, I, "I need to play Lee. I'm just going to play. Oh, it's such a big game. I need to play all my experienced guys." I said, "John, do what you do. What you need to do. This is bigger than one player. If, if that's right to do, do it. I'll, I'll back you. You know, not not a problem. To do whatever it takes to stay up." Um, and ironically, I think Lee came off after about seven minutes with an ankle injury, so I ended up playing anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that. That was that was a difficult season. That was an interesting season for. I can't remember the assistant manager who TC brought in. Um, 
don't know any of you know, know that know his name. Uh, Wicks, is that right? Wicks? Steve Wicks. Steve Wicks, yeah. I mean, he he was more interested. He'd come in and he was more interested in getting in his car and getting away. He'd be, we'd be cooling down. He'd be in his car and away. Not, not a typical assistant manager where you can stay around planning stuff after. So it was, wasn't a good dynamic really. It was, um, it was, a, it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, wasn't a great season uh, that season. Obviously, got relegated. This was a horrendous season, but um, it was, uh, it was difficult that. What is Ian, it? That's an unbelievable shout from the memory bank there to get that name, by the way. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have got that. That was a great shout. It, well, yeah, it was. It was a really weird. It was a really weird season, and we obviously actually we had started that season quite well. We were in a fairly decent position uh, when Tony Cossey came in, and quite a big game, I guess, not to skip over. Um, just before Tony Cossey comes in, we have a game against Lincoln where. Uh, just before half time, we were 3 0 down. I think it was Stuart Niven uh, that brought it back to 3 1, and then we went on to, to win the game. Now, I didn't remember this, but Ian reminded me before we, we came on today, you saved a penalty in that game as well. And then, although I think you, you've mentioned a couple of times you felt like you were the number two to, to Lee Harrison probably around that time, I think my recollection is that Tony Cotty uh, certainly was very positive about you possibly following that kind of moment and, and then the Blackpool game and whatever else. Um, th- th- I mean, and we, I think we were about seventh in the league as well. So at that point, whatever time, you know, Christmas or just before Christmas time, you must have been feeling pretty good about life, you know, pretty much the first choice and actually in some pretty good form. Yeah, no, it was, it was it, we had a, like you say, I think up just before Christmas, I think we were third or something like that. Or even, you know, we might have even topped the league at some point and dropped off a bit, but we were, yeah, we we're flying. It was, um, I can't, something came on Twitter the other day about that game. I've got no recollection of that game. I honestly have no recollection. I couldn't. I had to watch the Twitter video to see what happened in the game. I had no recollection of that. Um, uh, there's lots and lots of games I can't remember. These these the odd few that that stick out, but through my career, but not. I can't. I've got no recollection of that till I watched watched the Twitter stuff. We we uh, we um we sort of brushed over it a little bit there around that season and the and the. Uh... The running and a little bit of a feeling of, you know, we, whatever we did, we couldn't just pull a result out. And I think we went on a run of something like, you know, eleven months of not winning an away game, and that that went into the following season. Obviously, after we've been relegated, what was the feeling like? I guess in the dressing room, like when uh, when that when that was happening, um, you know, did we feel like, you know, we couldn't stop it, or was there always that feeling that we we're always going to get out of it? From memory. I th- we were looking, we were looking above for a bit of help from TC and, and Steve Wicks. We were looking for, you know, a bit more to be a bit more organised, or because we come from John Steeler, we were organised. We knew throw-ins had to go down the line. I had to kick it wide to to whoever, and we knew how we were playing. TC had, had come in, obviously from playing in big clubs, and just thought, well, players play. You know, you just go and play, and we had nowhere. But not identity really, so we were always sort of looking around. We were just playing off the cuff a little bit, so we were looking a little bit above for a bit of bit of help, a bit of guidance to say, right lads, this is we're going to go back to basics, or we're going to do this or whatever, and didn't really come. So you know, you, as a player, you just try and get your head down and concentrate on your own performance, really. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, 
it was it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah, and when and when we were, think, I mean, you know, go on, go on, Craig. Well, I was going to say, I know that, that that sort of absolutely feels like how it was. We came in and in that, you know, that Blackpool game, that first one, when it all went very, very well, just seemed to be a lot of players going out and expressing themselves and maybe riding the wave of a big name coming in. And um, and when we've gone from having what you probably describe as a very, very strong identity under a manager like John Steele, just one of those people in the game where you know how his team's going to... Oh, to be fair, he's evolved a little bit, but certainly around that time, you knew how his team was going to play... Um, you know, but, but before the guys got off the bus. As a young goalkeeper under John Still at that time, um, and we've covered his tactics a few times on here, what was your feeling around some of the things that were expected of you? And when I, when I ask that question, I think about the fact that um, it seemed to be a very positive thing if you could hit the corner flag up the other end, as opposed to uh, try and target any of the, the, the players on our team uh, in particular. Did, did, was that difficult to follow that kind of regimented uh, expectation? Um, well, I'll, I'll play for John Beck at Histon. Uh, after that, he was assistant manager, but we, 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 it was similar to where John wanted it, that you play outside. His name came up a lot. Yeah. His name is, a lot yeah. of people played both. Yeah, yeah. I think they worked together at maybe Lincoln or something like that, I think. So, yeah, listen, you follow orders, really. The team want to play in a certain way. You can either play that way or you don't play. So, um, for me, I was a decent striker of the ball, so I, I probably that was probably my, one of my biggest assets in terms of everything, the way I distributed it. So that I enjoyed that side of it really. I, I would have liked to have been able to play out a little bit more, but back in the day, we didn't. You don't, you know, don't get that as you do now. So, but yeah, it was very. We we knew what we we're doing, and if we got success, and you you you, you want to play to win. So if it was if we were doing all right, we you know it's. Didn't, didn't really bother me if the manager come in and said play out from the back and do that, I'd have done that or hit it wide. You know, it was we had to it, it, it was it was it was happy for me to kick the ball out of play rather than kick it down the middle. Because he thought if you kick it down the middle, the centre half will come and head it back and then we're we're defending. Whereas if I kick it out of play, we've got a chance to fit kind of throw in's kind of a 50-50. And we'd get the we've got a chance of winning the regain and really they can't if I kick it over the halfway line and out of play, they're not going to score from there, you know. So we're kicking down the middle, they head it back, and we're defending. They've got a chance to score, and so I just followed followed what they wanted me to do, really. So I didn't um, didn't mind it. I suppose to take that to take that point forward as well. So we go from a, a manager who has a very very clear style of how to play. Um, the players that are going to play regularly under him are the ones that are going to follow those orders. The ones who don't probably won't. Um, was that then maybe also part of the difficult transition to Tony Cotty, where maybe um, players were so it was so drilled into them what was expected and how to play that that it, it was even a bigger gap when there's a manager who maybe expects that uh, to come naturally. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was it it was kind of it's kind of like someone letting the reins off, you know, where we were so right. You have to do this, and this is how we do it. To, to the point where he would say to you, "If you do that again, I'm going to bring you off." You know, if you don't, if you don't kick it wide, I'll bring you off. If you don't go outside and cross, I'll bring you off. If you don't throw it down the line, if you throw it inside, I'm, you, you'll come off. Don't do that again. So, to the point where, do what you want, lads. You know, if it's on play, then it was, it's just so different. And and the players we had, obviously, John had got the players in to play in a certain 
certain styles. So I'm not saying he couldn't do subs with people like Darren Curry and that, you know, very, very talented and stuff. But it was, we probably had half the lads doing still the old stuff and half the lads doing the new stuff and it just didn't mix. So it was, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was yeah, funny, interesting. With, without trying to labour the point of this season for too long, and we will get onto the Torquay game in a minute, um, I just wondered, like, when we were trying different things under Cotty and then John Steele and all the rest of it, and we still weren't getting results, uh, you know, we like I say, we went on that run away from home where we just couldn't get any win. Uh, did that affect the team spirit at all? You spoke quite fondly about going to the Stratford Arms opposite first field quite a few times, but did, did, did you find that there was any uh, anything in the dressing room that really went wrong at that point, or, or was it still the same same everyone getting on, but you know, just couldn't couldn't work on the pitch. Pretty much everyone was everyone was getting on. Really, you, you have your scuffles in training anyway. That's that's part and parcel. More so when you're losing and stuff. But um, yeah, no, we 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 were a good, we were a decent bunch of lads. Really, it was we we did mix well together and and have socials together even even through that. Uh, so yeah, so rolling sort of gone gone in at quite great depth. Uh, of that season leading into what was um, that that big old game that we had at the end of the season. I think we've we've spoken to, I mentioned before, we've spoken to a lot of people that were part of that now, probably five, six, seven of the, the players that were either on the pitch or on the bench or in and around it. Um, and uh, it, it seems quite clear from what people have said that it, it just was, a, you know, morale was, was hit quite badly and uh, it, just, it just felt almost inevitable that things were continuing to get worse. I think it was uh, alluded to that there was a bit of a, well, there was a PFA player do uh, the week before, and I think you know that that sounded like that had a, some stories to be told about it as well, and it was all a bit of a weird one leading in. As, as one of the guys who presumably you, you knew you weren't due to start that game, was it an odd one to get mentally prepared for in the in the build up? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably switched off a little bit, thinking, well, goalkeepers don't come on, you know, yeah. it's never come on, so. I, I'll have prepared properly the night before, the usual plaster and stuff stayed in, whatever, whatever, and done the warm-up with Lee and stuff like that. And then I'll have probably, you know, gone in, got my shin pads and bits and bobs, sort of switched off and thought, you know, right, let's hope we get a win today, really. And, and not, never thought I was going to be coming, you know, never thought I was going to be coming on. And then, like, whack, one one thing, his ankle's gone and, and still he's looking at me going, like, I need you, come on, you know, um, get get on and try and be a hero for us. I'm thinking, shit, like, this, this is a big game. <laughs> oh, this is a big game. Um, so, just just thrust into it, you know. Uh, you don't get warm-up and stuff, so, you know, done. I've done very little in the warm-up. I've, I've, I've done what Lee needs, but then there's no... There's no one then to give me a little session or anything like that. It's, I haven't done, any, I've done anything, so... You know, coming on cold, which uh, is, is difficult, but what can you do? Just got to get on with it. And I suppose as a, as a goalkeeper, you, you it's not like an outfield player where you can come on and get a good early touch and it all feels quite good. You, you're waiting for your first involvement and your first big moment. Um, is it is it harder to do it the way you did it? Or, or do you think the pressure of knowing you're playing leading up would have had sort of, you know, is it, is it catch-22 or...? No, I'd have much, much preferred to know I was playing 
and and you prepare. You know, you can do your warm up. You 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 do stuff in the warm up to for the for the you know the conditions and stuff. If it's a bit windy, you can do more high ball stuff. Or if it's really wet, you do more low stuff and you see how the ball skids and stuff. So you 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 know, you know, it's like a golfer going into a tournament. They, they, prepared different if they're going to play St Andrews than if they're going to play Wentworth. It's a different style of golf course. So they, they'll be practising the low shots under the wind and, you know, get prepared for the conditions. So, you know, goal, goal kicking's a bit similar like that. So you 100% would have known you're playing, going to have a good warm-up. Yeah, they've been nervous, but, yeah, they definitely prefer the, the latter. Yeah, and I mean, well, that game, you know, we said we've, we've talked about it quite a lot on the podcast, and it, it was one of those where everything that could go wrong seems to go wrong. You know, we find ourselves three 0 down in the first half, obviously needing a win, um, and there was a bit of a revival in the second half, but it was just one of those days where it wasn't happening. Which leads us on to something that you're probably quite well remembered from uh, in the game, and I've been looking forward to this personally for a while. Uh, is this picture here, which I don't know if it works very well on Zoom? But I'm sure you know the picture. I've got, uh, I've got the picture, yeah. And uh, for, our, for our listeners, well, I'm sure we'll put this on the Twitter when we put the episode out, but uh, the young individual there with his hands on his head is me at the age oh, of is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've been looking forward to, <laughs> to talking to you about this moment because, as you can see, how I, how I felt about it, it was despair, I don't know, confusion at that age, <laughs> what's going on. Um, the, the two blokes who did it were, were stood behind me on the North Terrace. Like We heard them talk about doing it. And then next thing you know, they're coming out the toilets and there they are. Um, obviously, yourself and uh, Greg Heald reacted pretty angrily to it, understandably in the situation. I mean, I, I don't know how to even phrase the question, but, you know, what, what's going through your mind that some bloke <laughs> completely bollock naked comes to walk <laughs> in a game that's potentially jeopardising yours and your teammates' careers? Yeah, I mean, my... Uh, do you know what? To this day, I don't know whether they were Barnet fans or Torquay fans or some of Yeah, no, they were, they, were, they were local. They were Barnet. A lot of fans. The local area, yeah. I assumed they were talking fans. So my, my recollection is I think I had a free kick just outside my box. So I set the ball down, took a few steps back to take and then the, the next thing out the corner of my eye, I see this guy running naked. And I think he actually takes the ball. And my, yeah. my reaction is I need the ball because we need we need to trying to get back in the game. We're trying to win the game. So I he's fucking about and I want to take this free kick to try and get the get the thing and then the red mist comes down and you know I, I can't remember I just remember him running sort of from behind it and taking the ball um can't remember kicking him I think I remember that he's lying on the floor and the police had to drag or the stewards had to drag him off I think I mean I did I had a lump on my shin through my shin pad where I kicked him he must have had a decent whack on his on his leg <laughs> whatever I caught him but um yeah and then I remember looking up and seeing Greg Hill punching grabbed the other guy and he's given him a smack <laughs> in further down the pitch um, and uh, I think I think the referee came in at the end of the game and said look normally I would report you to the FA for that for violent conduct or whatever but I'm, I'm going to leave out the report because today's just been an absolute you came as early Soviet you've came, you got relegated people were locked out it was the whole day was carnage so he, he said he was going to just leave out his report so but yeah, that was um, that was uh, that's recirculated quite a bit through the years. Um, it's nice, nice to have. I've got a picture on my phone. It's nice to have that. Uh, nice to have that picture. It's nice to put a um, a 
a face and a name to the <laughs> yeah, bit of don't hair then. You and, you and, yeah. yeah, you in the background. Yeah. Uh, clearly we um things didn't go that well that day, as you said, and you know, we had to face up to life in the conference and um you know, we, we did end up losing a couple of key players uh, from the squad that year, Darren Curry. Sam Stockley moved on in that summer, but actually we managed to keep quite a lot of the squad from the season before. And I think a lot of times people have spoken about that squad really ought not to have gone down with the names that we had in there and the quality of the players. And actually we, uh, you know, we, we kept a lot of them there. So we had Harrison, we had Heels, we had Arbor, we had Gower going into that season and obviously yourself. Uh, both of you stayed clearly. So was there any, likelihood that you would try and move back into the football league anytime soon like over that summer or or were you always set on trying to get the club back into the football league um i can't, I can't actually remember um you know it's just i was contracted i knew i'd signed like a, a long-term contract there I, I think i signed a few deals since two or three deals since we first won they kept they kept bumping it up bumping it up so uh good old tony give you give you a fiver increase and sign you for another three years. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, so the dream. Um, but I can't, I can't remember. I think it's just from a player's point of view, you're contracted to the club and until someone tells you differently, you 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 give everything to the club. You know, I wasn't, I didn't put a transfer request and I didn't, look, wasn't looking to leave. Um, you know, you just do the best uh, locked in. So you just, you just do the best for the club, really. And one of the things about coming down, especially for players that hadn't necessarily been first names on a team sheet, or uh, you know, so, so a, the younger ones as well. Ben Shrevens was a really good example. Probably felt that coming down meant there was going to be more likelihood of a regular football and to become a first team player, where maybe in the league it hadn't happened. Was that was that something in the back of your mind, or was it just carry on? You know, you've got the relationship with Lee Harrison, just do what you've been doing, we're just in a different division. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much carry on, yeah, carry on and, you know, try and be number one, really. Obviously, by that stage, I've played, I've played quite a few league games, so I was, you know, more established and, um, you know, we were, we were just fighting it out, me and, me and Lee. So, yeah, it was. Um, you just you say your contracts to the club, so you, you just try and do your best. And um, it's obviously a blow being 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 relegated, a big blow. But um, yeah, you just you just you just carry on, really. You know, just try and get back up, try and bounce straight back up. Yeah, obviously you're involved in a few games that season. I'm be played in the uh, LDV Vans game at Cambridge, where we were getting fairly close to the final of that before losing to higher league opposition, but. Like you say, Lee Harrison was still the number one and for the most part of that season was injury-free and your kind of appearances were a lot less than that year before. Obviously, towards the end of that season, um, John still leaves and Peter Shreves and Martin Allen come in. A bit of a chalk and cheese double act and we've heard a few bits and pieces about how that dynamic worked on the training ground for some of our previous guests. Um, but obviously, that led to a lot more first-team football from you under Peter Shreves as well. Um I'm interested to know what it was like playing for him. We had some great stories from Greg Hill about uh, his little stretching routines around the training ground while Martin Allen was putting a session on. Um, he sounds like a bit of a quirky character. I don't know, what was he like to play for? Peter was brilliant. Peter was brilliant. Uh, quirky is how I would describe him. Proper football, real proper football man. You know, being, being in some real big clubs and work with some real big players and 
he, he was he was fun. Uh, you know, he, Martin did a lot of the coaching, and Peter would walk around the outside doing his stretches and all stuff like this. But um, and I remember one of his first sessions, he came in. We did a warm up session, and he was dropping names out like that and say, "So this is one Glenn Oddle was really good at." You know, and we had to juggle a ball up and stall, and the balls were going everywhere. Balls, and he's gone. Well, Huddle can do this, no problem. Why? What's the matter with you? Yeah, Glenn Huddle, you know, like with Barnett, you know. And he was, <laughs> and but he, he, yeah, his, his stories were good, and um, it, it was an interesting mix. Him and Martin, interesting mix. Uh, Martin was yeah. rough and ready, and you know, this uh, mad mad dog, mad dog was, you know, what he is, and uh, but he was learning off Peter. Um, but but yeah, it was. Uh, it was, it, was, it was interesting. It's a bit of a strange one because obviously yourself and most people have said also they really enjoyed playing for Shreves. He came obviously with a big history in the game. Martin Allen was a good young coach at the time as well. And we had a real squad of players. I mean, like a go-go was added into the mix that second season of the conference as well. Like, And we came 11th. I was looking at the league table beforehand. We had 53 points. Forest Green finished six points above us that year as, as a part-time team. Um, we have asked other people this, but you may have a different answer. Like, what did go wrong that year why didn't we achieve more because on the back of the season before the way we'd finished it we looked nailed on for at least a playoff spot uh, which was new in the conference that year but we fell massively short um why do you think it didn't quite happen with that group of players and that management team um i think you get a shock when you go to some of the grounds you know it's, it's, you're not used to it and maybe some of the lads had the attitude over us this national league or conference as it was back then they're part-time or whatever and, and we'll roll up and we'll roll over them and that's not the case you know that's not that's not the case we had some real tough games and it's an eye-opener you know it's a real, real eye-opener um it's a tough tough division it still is you know and the majority of them are full-time now but yeah you drop up to places you hadn't been players you didn't play against players you didn't know you know didn't know how we were playing and stuff and we were barnet coming down you know we were we were a good scalp so they probably raised the game against us as well. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a difficult season. I noticed Ian that um, what went wrong has become a bit of a catchphrase for you, and I don't know if that says more about the football club in the last fifteen years or uh, or what. But I think it's, uh, it's, it's a Barnet thing. I think it's a Barnet yeah, thing. I can see you uh, warming it up now as you lead into a question. It, it gets me every time. Um, anyway, um, Mark, you know, I think we already sort of touched on it. Martin Allen ended up taking over full-time from, from, from Peter Shreves. Uh, I think you had the close season with him as well uh, after that. What was your relationship like with Martin Allen? Bear in mind, he's someone that has a, a very interesting relationship with Barnet Football Club, generally yep. having been back so many times. Um, you were there right at the beginning of that. Um, what, was, he, um, was he the mad dog that we see on the telly or, what, or in the programme notes, for that matter? Um, what was he like? Yeah, Pretty much, he does some crazy things. Um, my relationship wasn't great with them but well, I fell out with them to be honest I left the club in the end um, I got paid up left we I think I played the first seven games um, we were doing okay and every Monday morning he'd have me in the office I'm not happy with this I'm not happy with this you know we were doing well uh, and, and in the end he, he would say to me on those Monday morning right we'll just have to agree to disagree we've got to go out training now so I would just sit there and be stubborn with him because we just didn't get on you know Um we're okay now. Seen him, I saw him a number of years later and made up with him. Um, so we're we're all right now. And actually, 
um, did Gashi, did Michael Gashfia. So obviously football agent now. So I brought brought Gashi down, dealt with Tony and and Martin. Obviously was the manager there. Um, but yeah, he was um, the the best way I describe him is he's a method in his madness. Um, he, he he just goes about he goes about things differently than other people do. Um, but I do believe he's a good bloke and he's got good heart and would do anything for you if you asked him. His doors always open. But he, 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 I think he wanted to play up a little. He wanted to play up this mad dog image that he had as a player and stuff, and he wanted to carry that on. So he do definitely a method in his madness. He was, you know, um, it was, uh, he, he was, he was, uh, he was good. He was good, good fun at times. He's off the wall at the times, you know. But um, I remember we did. Um, that that season, we did a training session, and on the AstroTurf at the first field, and we played an eleven v eleven game between ourselves, with no football. <laughs> uh, we had the, the two lads had to do the kickoff. <laughs> You're literally playing football without without the football, and he wanted you to play. I don't know how long we were playing for. Can't remember. So anyway, after a while. Someone pretends to pass it wide, someone pretends to cross it in, someone pretends to head it and ran away shouting goal. And he stopped the game and he said to me, why didn't you dive? He scored a header pass, so why didn't you dive? I said, I didn't see it, Gaffer. Well, he went berserk. He, cut, he took the ball in. <laughs> You're not doing it properly. Get in. And he made his training in the afternoon. Um, he stopped the session. He went berserk. Yeah. It's carnage. It's carnage. <laughs> Well, we, we were going to ask, um, you know, the start of that 03-04 season, clearly quite a memorable season in the end for, for Barnet. Um, and as you say, you know, you, you played the first seven games, but then suddenly, you know, as you as you described, your, your contract was, was terminated. Um, you know, were you disappointed to, to leave the club after that amount of time? Because clearly you've been here for four years, you know, you'd seen a lot happen. Um, you know, what was it like for you to have to, Suddenly, leave in that in those circumstances. We listen. I just fell out with Martin, really, and he wasn't going to play me. He brought the lad in. I can't remember his name again. Was Jed Cole? Jed no? Uh, no. From, no, the other guy from West Ham. Uh, David Ford. Ford on like. Brought David Ford in. Yeah, that's right. Brought David Ford. In. It was clear I wasn't going to play. I think the, he, I think there was a Stevenage away game that he played for his first game, and he, and he told me, "Don't come to the game. You, you won't play and stuff like that." And then. Um, I know I went to the game and sat sat in the, with the fans actually um, to watch the game. But um, you've got a decision to make as a player. Then you either sit tight on your contract, knowing you're not going to play, take your money, and basically wait for them to get sacked. Then a fresh manager comes in and you might get your chance again, or you you move on. Um, so I, you know I, I just decided to move on. Who's it was clear that I wasn't going to play there, so um, did a did a compromise agreement and um, and moved on. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was sad leaving. You know, um, I've been there a long time, made some good friends there and stuff. Um, you know, it was a lot of friends at the club as well. You know, in 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 around in around the ground and stuff. I used to come and in stewards and stuff like that and. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part and parcel of football. You've, you've you've got to make decisions that you think's right at the right time to move on. And I just 
thought there's no point being there if I wasn't going to play. Well, he didn't have a chance of playing. If I had a chance of playing, I'd have stayed. But he, he said, you know, you won't play for me again. So, and that's fair enough. That's his opinion. He's a manager of the football club. And he, he actually wasn't, um, he, he was okay about it. He didn't try and play hardball. He didn't say, right, you can go and train on your own or you can do this. He said, as long as you keep doing it properly, you can train with the squad. It's not, a, you know, he was, he was, I've got no problems with the way he did it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was obviously, obviously sad leaving. Um, but um, it's, it's part and parcel of the game. Um, so obviously you, you left Barnet and, and it's disappointing to leave, but um, you came back to Underhill pretty soon after that in a couple of, a couple of months later as a Dagenham Redbridge player um, in a game where, a bit like we were about to talk here, it felt like lots went wrong for Barnet that day as well. And there's a bit of a kind of nasty atmosphere in the ground that day. I remember Gary Hill, the Dagenham manager, getting a lot of stick from our fans. Um, and to sort of summarise it, we lost the game 4-2. Uh, and you saved the penalty from Grazioli, which, given the nature of your departure from Barnet and the way it happened, yeah. how satisfying was that for you? And did you let Martin Allen know about it? That, that's one of the games I do remember, funny enough. It was, it was Ian Endon who took the penalty and he smashed it straight down the middle. Because I, I, I used right. to try to look at Endo and I knew, where, I knew what he was doing with his penalties. And I actually thought, he, he's got to change it because he, he knows I know, but he still, he stood up and smashed it. But, um, yeah, that, that game for me was... I was still felt I still fell out with Martin then, and I was given on the pitch. I was shouting over to him when we scored and stuff like that. I was that was solely me against Martin Allen that day, just to stick two fingers up at him. Really, like I say we're 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 good now, you know. But that's you know, and I'm sure it, you know he might have done the same to me if 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 they if Barnett had won. But um, yeah, I remember the game well. Um, I'd gone in short term. Uh, Tony Roberts was injured at Dagenham. Gary rang me and said, "Can you come and play a couple of months while he's back from his knee?" We got Barnett soon, which would be a good game for you. And you know, I wasn't sure what reception I was going to get, but I, I, because obviously I've done, I did the Histon, Cambridge. Well, I was Cambridge United, Histon, and Cambridge City, Histon, Cambridge United. So I've done three clubs in that city. Um, so. You'd never know how you're going to get received from fans and stuff like that. But I've always been, if I'm employed by Barnet Football Club, I do my best for Barnet Football Club. If I'm employed by Dagenham, I do my best for them. Whoever it may be, you know, you, you have to, they pay your wages. You can't, I'm going to chuck a goal in because I've enjoyed my time at Barnet and had a really good time. You can't do that. It, you know, it's just, I, I get some people don't celebrate and stuff, but it's a little bit disrespectful to, your team you're playing for if you're playing for them now you know you can say all the nice things about the club but so it was a it was a real interesting game going back um remember obviously saving the penalty there's a few little shenanigans going on in the game it was a bit of a grudge it was a good game it was a real good game to play in under the lights um i remember it might have been Gratz scored the header actually to make it three two or four two probably three two and me getting the ball out the net and they all trying to get the ball quickly and I kicked it in the stand I think or over the stand or whatever and Plummer come in and forearm smashed me into the back of the net and got sent off um, and a big a big physio at the time at Dagenham ran on and covered me up and there's I think there's a few bottles and stuff getting thrown at me in the back those in the back of the net from some of the Barnard fans and stuff um, and uh, the police actually knocked on the dressing room door um, after that game and 
said we advise your goalkeeper doesn't go in the in the bar after the games. <laughs> waiting for him. Um, I think I, I said that. Then they said that we're waiting to take it to the bus. I said, look, don't worry. I said, I'll, I'll look after myself. It's fine. You know, and then pop, popped in the bar. Nobody really said anything to me. So, um, but yeah, that was a that was a that was a, a real good game. That was sort of end to end. I remember and. Um, yeah, there was Mashua was from Needle on the sideline with uh, with Gary Hill and, and Martin and stuff. But uh, yeah, just one of the games I've I've got a bit of re- bit of recollection yeah. of. Now, do we do we remember correctly that later that year you re-signed for the club briefly, but actually didn't didn't feature? Did, did is is that correct, or did, have we have we got that wrong? I signed, and the manager was Fair, Fair Club, would it? Yeah, yeah. I don't again seasons and years ago so you're probably right it was the end of that season or later in that season um, I, I signed a non-contract to be able to play for Barnet again um, if I was needed it, I'm sure what was going on with the other goalkeepers but um, they asked me to come back not come back but sign the registration form so if they needed me they could call them call on me which I was happy to do Martin had gone and Obviously, I'd have been delighted to come back to the club. So, um, under a new manager. So, yeah, I, I signed, I signed, but was never, never called upon. Look, Danny, we've taken a load of your time up this afternoon. Really, really appreciate it. Um, just to close, you mentioned that you're doing the agency stuff now. You mentioned Michael Gash. I wonder if you've got maybe a funny story or a, something interesting to leave us with, maybe with uh, any of the interactions you've had with the club since, uh, since you left. It's just been limited, really. Um, but doing obviously Michael's deal with with Tony was uh, was was quite quite funny because he was saying the same things to me as an agent that he was saying to me as a player when he was trying to start, get me on a new deal. He's like, oh mate, mate, come on, like we're we Barnet, we're not Real Madrid, we haven't got the money, and it has to be, you know, um, how he was. Um, but I like Tony. I do like Tony for, for you know for he's stuck around there and I don't think he'd been dealt a great hand. You probably need no loads more than me with the council and stuff and pretty underhill stuff and he's kept the club going and, and, and everything. So obviously Martin's been backwards and forwards. Um but no, I think it was only that one deal and I really had with him. I went he, he invited me in the boardroom for a game and had some dinner with him and stuff and caught up and, and everything. Um but uh, yeah, so not not really any uh any funny, uh, funny stories really with with that, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was good to catch up again, really. You know. Great, That's right. well, Danny. Thanks very much, uh, obviously, for your time today, uh, for all your hard work on the pitch and your time at Barnet, and uh, we wish you well with your football agency work going forward. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, lads. Thank you very much. Cheers, Danny. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Danny. Thank you very much. No problems. Robinson on. He's and there's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Liliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. It's time. Great. Second. Great. 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 Great